All right, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the session. Thank you for coming along. Um, so this is a talk on how HSBC met the requirements for open banking using uh, AWS serverless technologies. Uh, my name is Adam Raffi. I'm a solution architect with AWS. Uh, I'm also here with my colleagues uh, from HSBC. So we have Sahana, who is the uh, global head of uh, open banking with HSBC, and also Imtiaz, who is the head of engineering uh, for open banking with HSBC. So uh, in, in terms of how HSBC and AWS have, have worked together, uh, HSBC are, are, have been using AWS services for a while now to really uh, transform the way they do business in a number of areas. So we've been working together for a few years. And AWS is now used to run uh, a, a number of business-critical workloads that HSBC have. And in terms of the interaction and collaboration between the, the teams at the two organizations, from a solution architecture perspective, we work very closely with uh, the architecture teams from HSBC and, and to, to help them to, to, to define a number of uh, reusable patterns and designs that project teams can then take and, and use for their workloads that they want to run on AWS. And open banking is no exception. So here's what we're going to talk about. So in a, in a second, I'll hand over to Sahana, and she'll talk about uh, not, not only who HSBC are, but also uh, how um, the, the, the HSBC are, are trying to change their mindset in, in terms of how, how they run their business and, and the, the, the types of services that they bring to market. Sahana will then talk about uh, open banking specifically. So what is open banking? What's it all about? What are the requirements? Uh, you know, what's necessary to, to meet those requirements? And then she'll talk about the, uh, some of the design considerations for, for open banking and how they've met those, those requirements using AWS. Then MTIs will talk in a bit more detail about the architecture that they've developed. So you know, how, how, you know, a bit of a deeper dive into how they've really met those, those open banking requirements, how they've, they've met the, the regulatory requirements. And then he'll talk about some of the implementation outcomes, so some of the metrics around uh, what they've produced uh, and some of the results from that. And then finally, MTIs will walk you through a payment journey uh, for open banking. So he'll take you through some of the flows associated with the open banking solution and you know, how, they've met those you know, how they've built that, some of the components they've used to, uh, to meet those requirements. So with that, I'm going to hand over to Sahana. Thanks, Adam. Good afternoon, everyone. Let me start with a big, brief introduction to HSBC. In March 1865, HSBC opened its door to business in Hong Kong, helping to finance trade between Europe and Asia. For over 150 years, HSBC has been connecting customers to opportunities enabling business to thrive and economies to prosper. Today, we have more than 39 million customers across 66 countries and geographies. We operate in a heavily regulated environment. Believe it or not, we have more than 400 regulations to comply with in these regions. Why am I talking about regulations here? You'll see in a minute when I talk about uh, open banking and how open banking was born and driven by a mandatory regulatory requirement. That's why regulations is very important for financial industry. Over the years, we have 
built many systems and services to serve our customers. We have varieties of disparate systems in the range of mainframes to client-server app and to client-native application as well. With an organization of this scale and complexity, it is incredibly challenging to deliver a new platform in a very short period of time. And at the same time, we understand the customer needs, what is customer benefit from a very fast, in a very fast moving digital era. We are now transforming our services and system for a simpler, better, and secure process so that our customer can get the best, best value out of it. How we are doing it, when MTS will talk about, we'll talk in more detail, but in a nutshell, we are adopting agile methodology. We are having an API-centric delivery process and a cloud-first strategy. Now, before I talk about open banking, just a quick show of hands, how many of you are familiar with open banking here? That's a good, good turnaround. My job is done then. <laughs> okay, jokes apart. I think open banking is a platform which allows you to share or exchange data in a very secure environment driven by customer, instructed by customer. At the same time, we promote partnership in this platform, which will allow the service providers to come up with the services, which is value-added for the customer. It's ultimately a platform which will endless opportunities to be used by the customers and, uh, and the service provider as well as the financial industry. Before we get to the different examples of uh, open banking, let me give you the brief of how when we started open banking and what is the main driver behind it. Driver, no doubt, is to promote innovation across the financial industry. You must know if you are in a financial industry, we, people talk about technology in companies or fintechs can move much faster than uh, age-old financial industry, especially with HSBC with the 150 years of history. It takes time to things move. And that's why back in the UK, the CMA is one of the regulator, Competition and Market Authority. They mandated in 2016 for nine major banks to deliver open banking, which needs to be complied with PSD2, which is another regulation in Europe, which was defined in 2015. One problem was these, with these regulations is that they don't have enough details around the technical specifications. They just know that we need to share data with customer consent, whether it's an account-related information or the ability to initiate payment. So what CMA did, they asked all these major nine banks to get together and define the specification, whether it's an API specification, data modeling, or the security model around it, as well as the operating model and the liability model who are participating in this ecosystem, how it all should work. And that's how we created the specification, quite a low-level detail that's very prescriptive, which is currently been inspiring the rest of the 
regions and the markets, I can say that they're going with the specification to some extent to understand that how there is a baseline, I can say, uh, in a way, uh, being used specifically for, especially for the high-level construct of the specification, whether it's a security, the API, the RESTful API, the OAuth model, et cetera. Right? Soon after that, we, well, we first gone live uh, with the actual uh, data uh, set in back in uh, January 2018. Soon after that, there are a number of other regions, as you can see here, the Hong Kong Monetary Authority adopted and uh, trying to implement open banking in Hong Kong, similarly in Bahrain, in Mexico. Other three is another gr group in uh, Australia who's trying to define a, a specification similar to in UK and uh, going to implement uh, open banking as well. And the last not the least is the Monetary Authority of uh, Singapore, who is also implementing it now. These are the very few which are currently we are, are actively working on it. There are hundreds others which we are already they're discussing with us in terms of how they're going to implement this, how going to mandate it in their regions, and, and uh, hopefully it will see the massive transformation and massive evolution of open banking across the globe in uh, coming years. Let's talk about the ecosystem. Who are the main participants of this open banking ecosystem? Obviously, it will start with the bank exposing APIs, which will be consumed by the third parties or the participants of the ecosystem. And the developers of the community, which will look at the API, try to understand, and create uh, mock services using our sandbox, et cetera, and ultimately create products and evaluated services which will be consumed by the customers. So it's a very, very powerful three-way communication which will allow us to deliver value in a much quicker turnaround than bank can usually do. And there are a number of multiple examples I can talk about the lending services when, as a first time home buyer, when you search for uh, your uh, best possible mortgage rate, you have to shop around a multiple service providers or, or lending community. If you think of a solution when you can get to see in a single platform all the comparisons available to you and you can just choose the best possible mortgage rate suitable for your, uh, as per your affordability that can open banking bring to you. Next step is on a real time, once you've chosen your best possible mortgage rate, you will go for actually apply the for the mortgage and your credit checks will be done in real time and you get the approval within a few minutes rather than you have to wait for weeks or months in a manual process. So that is the one very exciting example for our first time home buyer, I believe. Next is a payment initiation and service, whether you are using a credit card and in a bank in an online checkout, which uh, MTS is going to show the whole behind the scene how it works. But from a consumer perspective, the whole payment system will work in such a way uh, that uh, with a click of a button, you can select your uh, or current uh, account to a credit card, debit card, or saving cards. So make it so seamless for a customer perspective. I've, 
And I believe open banking has great value to add in the future financial ecosystem. Next, we can move on to the open banking implementation in HSBC. As I mentioned in UK, we have created specification to deliver open banking. So we kept in mind that we have to go with the industry standards, which everybody in the industry, respective of financial industry or technology firm, is familiar with, and it's for easy adoption. So what is gone for, for API? Obviously, RESTful API is in the market for years, Jason. And payload, similarly for security, OAuth, and OpenID Connect is the norm, and it will work very well for a three-party model where the partners, bank, and the customer are, can use it easily. And for us, we have to go with uh, cloud hosting because a complex organization, as I mentioned, like us, HSBC, building a new platform, doing it on-prem, it will take us ages to deliver and procure server. So it, this is the no-brainer, and HSBC, we are currently working on, uh, on cloud-first strategy anyway, and that ties nicely with delivering open banking. It's a very highly available application, highly available platform, and uh, yeah, and scale horizontally depending on the adoption of the open banking. This is one of the things when MTS will show because we do not know, or when we started back in 2016, 2017, what will be the adoption rate across the industry. And we cannot invest upfront on a big implementation, which, will, which we do not know whether it will be used or not used. So the AWS provides us that capability. I wanted to quickly go through the building blocks of open banking, where first part is all about the identity of the third party, where we need to make sure when we're sharing data with a partner or a third party, they are fully vetted by a regulated third party or vetted by ourselves as a bank to make sure that our, our customer data are in a safe, safe hand. And we make sure they are fully uh, uh, complying with the specification and regulation created by the regulator as well as uh, we are impl being implemented with an OAuth, token store, etc. The next component, the AC API processor, this is the heart of the open banking platform, is how you're exposing the API, <coughs> how you're transforming in the API re uh, request, validating and verifying and giving the right response back to our customers our partners and for customer use. Next is the Consent Hub, which is uh, the most important uh, point of view from a customer perspective that we are not sharing any of their data without their consent and authorization of the consent with the third party. We had a very interesting fact back in uh, 2017 when open banking was first announced in UK, that quite a lot of nervous customer was uh, thinking that their data will be just shared without their knowledge. We got a and a call from the call center and then saying that we received this um, email from our customers who's worried that their data will be shared. Can you just make sure that they don't, you don't share the data? I said, rest assured, no, none of your data will be shared and we'll have, it's totally driven and by the customers. It's their data, it's up to them when they want to share and when they wanted to stop sharing as well. 
So that's what the Consent Hub is all about. We make sure that we are sharing data as, as instructed by the customer, and they have got a full authority to remove that uh, access at any time they would like. The last component is the developer portal. When we are allowing the partners, developers, our internal developers to exploit and explore the APIs which you are exposing, try out their, in our sandbox environment to connect to their app and making sure they can innovate as much as like and which could be beneficial both for the ecosystem as well as their own um, um, company's benefit. And last not but the least, we are logging all these interactions, not, not only for the, uh, our own internal standards and governance, but also from the regulatory need that making sure who's accessing this, this data for how many times a day, and uh, we're making sure we are fully compliant with the regulatory demands as well as uh, for in the industries, how to understand how the industry moves. Next, MTS is going to talk through what are the different design considerations, what is the low-level aspects of the open banking platform and the solution we are providing to our customers and in this ecosystem, and why we have chosen Amazon Web Services as our hosting platform. Go. Thank you, Sahana. So, Sahana has already set the background around what open banking, why open banking. Let's talk about the design considerations. Uh, we had to deliver open banking, and it brought in a set of challenges for us in HSBC. Uh, HSBC, as uh, previously talked about by Sahana, is, is a massive bank, 150 years of history, a lot of different internal uh, business portfolios, and so on. And suddenly, one fine day, you had to come up with a regulation that had to be applied across the whole bank. Okay, So we had to deal with a very hugely varied landscape that had to be aligned to provide a uniform interface to the external world. The regulation itself also caused a major concern. The regulation was a new thing. Nobody in the world had done it. It, it was an untested uh, uh, specification set out into the market. So how do you deal with it? That that there was a there was a concern from all parties, all stakeholders, whether this will be accepted in the market, whether it will work as expected. Uh, and another thing to that was the regulator did not wanted a piecemeal uh, uh, staggered delivery. They wanted the regulation to be delivered in its whole form, including every bell and whistle that was to be provided in the regulation. So you, you couldn't do, say, just the account information and say, we'll, we'll do payments later on. You had to give all the things in one go. And then we had to deliver it across all the different individual banks which are under the HSBC group. That, that was a massive challenge for us. That, that was something not done before. Uh, or if people had done it, it was not to the entirety. It also brought about a lot of challenges for, in terms of operations. For us, it, it meant we had to deliver a platform, a new channel. Traditionally, banking has run on web-based channel and of the last decade on the mobile devices and a mobile channel. Now, 
We, these channels had organically grown over the years to become fully available tier zero systems. And here the regulator was asking us, the new channel that you're going to make, which is API-based, it has to match the efficiency of the existing channel. 24-7 uh, tier zero system, meeting four nines availability or more. It, it, were, it was a humongous effort required a challenge in its own self. Uh, as Sahana said, we, we, we comply with more than 400 regulations across the globe. That means we spend a lot of money on regulations. And this, this money is not revenue. That means internally we have a challenge set to us that the cost has to be controlled. Now, as I said previously, a tier zero system means I, it needs a huge infrastructure in place. It, with that comes in an army of engineers to support it, infrastructure, hardware, procurement, which uh, in any big organizations, if you have worked, would know, takes eons. Okay? Uh, the, these uh, systems which are out of IT's control, they, the procurements and so on, they take a lot of time to do. And given the regulation had to be delivered under six months, probably if I had to do it on-premises, I would still be dragging the servers into my data center by now. So given these kind of challenges, we had to decide where to host ourselves. And we selected cloud as our strategy. And within the cloud, we had selected Amazon AWS services to provide us the platform to deliver AWS, uh, the open banking. Why did we do so? I, one of the critical thing was we didn't have to create a massive infrastructure up front. We, we were not sure ourselves, and neither the regulators were sure what would be the uptake of this open banking platform when it sees the day of light uh, to, see, to speak. So Amazon provides a on-demand scalable uh, uh, infrastructure, which could be horizontally expanded as the demand grows. We could start off small, experiment around, and move forward. It also provided us with a lot of security features. We, being a 150-year-old bank, our core business is customers' money. That means we have to protect the customers' money. And it eventually translates into protecting the customers' data itself. Okay. Now, for 150 years, we have been doing it. And probably more than that, other banks and the whole financial economy has been doing it, protecting customers' data. And suddenly, one fine day, you are being told, now you have to share all that data with external parties, make it available over open APIs. That sends, you know, shiver down the spines of a lot of people in the bank, be it the, the, uh, the risk teams, be it the C-level execs, be, be it the data privacy people. So we had to provide the data as, as well as we have to protect the data. And a lot of dis uh, features in AWS helped us do the protection. Okay, that that was a no-brainer. Like AWS Shield, AWS WAF, uh, security groups, IAM roles, to name a few, that would provide us with the nice uh, way of doing it. Uh, for example, a WAF rule could be set up to rate limit who can how, uh, come and uh, call us how many times a day. Uh, Again, going back to cost considerations, the pay-as-you-go model also allows us the flexibility of paying for what we use rather than spending uh, millions of dollars to bring servers in and then not using them to their full capacity. So all in all, the various in 
considerations that we had to, the challenges that we had to look at, AWS was able to provide us the right answer for them, and that's why we selected. And under that, we selected the serverless architecture because that suited our, the most of our need in sense we could just uh, scale up our demand, not have heavy servers running and start low. We designed an architecture around the Lambda serverless components. Uh, we used a variety of AWS services, including their network infrastructure services, the VPCs, the subnet services, the security group services to uh, restrict which traffic flows in what spaces and all all other uh, different types of services like Route 53, AWS Shield, S3 buckets to store some of our offline data and so on, and CloudWatch and uh, say Service Manager. We can see in the architecture diagram, we, we segregated our services into three VPCs, the application VPC where we, ra we ran all the application related code and then there are two other VPCs on the right side which control where our connectivity flows outside our uh, application uh, solution boundaries. So one, the, the one in the center is used to send out the data to external parties like the third part, OBI, or uh, you know, checking credentials of a TLS certificate with a QTSP, for example. Whereas the bottom VPC is used to send data down to the bank or request, uh, or in fact, pull out customers' data from the bank and send it back to the third parties. You've seen those basic components that we use. This, this is how all those com components come together. We, we cater to third parties and we also cater to customers. As Sahana said, we have to take the customer's consent. So our system also provides interfaces that allow the customer to provide us with the consent. On the far left corner, you can see there's a route in for the bank's customer to come in, provide us with their authentication, tell us whether they are happy to provide the consent to the third party, and we capture the consent, and eventually the third party contacts the bank's open banking solution on the far right side via a MTLS protected connection, comes in, provides us with the necessary identifications, and then we route that traffic into the AWS Lambda serverless, and that decides eventually in the application code whether it needs to check the consent, check the third party, or retrieve the data, or say execute a payment. We have got different lambdas executing different features. Uh, this one uh, lambda I can choose uh, represents more all of them. So that was with the architecture and the design considerations that we had to take in mind when designing our solutions and selecting AWS. So we have been running this system for now close to two years. So how did we fare? Did, did, we, did, we, did we manage to meet our goals that we set out to meet, trying to address all those challenges which have been set up given the complexity of the bank, complexity of the regulation, complexity of uh, the technologies involved? So I'll, I'll share some of the metrics. Last, uh, within this year, we, we have done four major releases on the platform, 15 minor releases, and we have had a uptime of greater than four nines. Now this, this hasn't happened out of, out of magic. We have used a variety of uh, 
service patterns around it, which were developed as clearly spoken up by Adam. They helped us in AWS to come up with patterns to make sure that we provide a service which is reliant, robust, and resilient. Uh, we, we use complete automated CI-CD pipelines to deploy our code, manage the code, manage the infrastructure as well, at the same time via pipelines, and that is continuously monitored. In, the, in this year, we, this is last month's metrics, by the way, we, we have processed 115 million pounds of payments from the beginning of the year. It, it doesn't sound like a big, big number, but just to give some context to those numbers, at the beginning of the year, the payment third parties were just doing test transactions of 1P, and then somewhere around April, May, they started doing the real transactions, real money movement of actual customers. And within the last six months, I would say, we have moved 115 million pounds across the uh, ecosystem as payments. And this is just three to four uh, payment service providers which are active in the system with just one of them moving the bulk of this money, okay? The second figure is we got around 400 million account information requests that we have processed this year from across 55 third parties which are basically content, pro uh, content providers. Uh, there, there are far too many use cases that I can talk about, like one of them, Sahana, has just spoken. Uh, the mortgage lenders, a third party who's a mortgage lender comparer. There's uh, another one which does credit rating. So the, these uh, different thir third parties have retrieved 400 million uh, requests worth of data from our system. And how much did it cost us to run this in production? The figure was right in front of you. Till last month, we just spent 64,000 pounds. Imagine if I had to deliver this on premises I would have had an upfront cost of at least 25 to 50 million dollars just to get the kit in to deliver this. And I'm, I'm, uh, when, when you do a new, new green environment yeah, project implementation, the cost, I'm, what I'm giving is fairly conservative given the size of our bank. And of course, uh, the uptime is repeated here again, uh, greater than four nines. It, we, so that, that was, the slide talking about the success we had met with the implementation. But that didn't come uh, like a movie, you know. Uh, not everything goes smooth. We, we had our challenges. We, we were implementing a, a solution which was untested. We were implementing on a new technology which wasn't used in the bank. We were one of the first programs within the bank to come on board AWS. And hence, we have had a very good running with AWS team supporting uh, HSBC. We, we know almost everybody by name in there. We, we ran into a number of issues uh, where we, our requirements couldn't be met at the point in time where we were doing a particular activity. And each time we went back to Amazon, they came back to us with a solution. And that's what we really, really like about AWS team here. They, they, they hear us and then they deliver uh, the required solution to us so that we can then de deliver our own regulatory uh, requirements. Some of them are on the screen, uh, like the Lambda cold start where we were having issues with the ENI interface that's been already provided and now our APIs literally run sub-second. That's one of the metrics I have not put in there. 
We, we, we have recently given the AWS team a feature request for providing MTLS support out of the API gateway itself. So that's something they're working on, and I'm sure, confident that they will soon deliver that one as well. So, so we, we've had our challenges. We had our uh, opportunities as well while delivering this uh, piece of regulation in the market. Let me move on to the payment journey. Uh, I've talked a lot about this being complex, okay? Uh, this slide actually tells you how complex it is. And let me, let me tell you something. We, we had to reduce the number of uh, communications error being shown in the sequence diagram just to fit them in the page. It's, it's, it's a fairly complex thing. This is, this is a card checkout example where a customer on Amazon for, would go out and select a bank to use the open banking route and decide to pay through the open banking, in which case the Amazon third-party backend would talk to the open banking third uh, backend, which is our solution, and create a, set, a payment setup, which is called consent. Once they have done that, Amazon's app will redirect to our mobile banking app, and we would, we would say, show the user a screen which would then tell them, look, you are, you've, been, you've been moved to our app by Amazon. They want to charge you one pound. If you are happy with this, do you want to proceed further? And if, if you were uh, legit, legitimately redirected, you would then select uh, to identify yourself. I would use face authentication because I don't remember my password anymore. Uh, I would, I would authenticate myself. The bank would then know, yes, it's MTRs. They show me all my bank accounts. Uh, then I can select the specific account I want to pay from. And once that's done, I, I can say I authorize by clicking the Finish button. The moment the Finish button is clicked, uh, in the background, a number of uh, calls are made between us and, and the Amazon services uh, for running the Amazon.com portal. And they effectively execute the payment to retrieve the one pound from my account and pay Amazon, okay? The user just sees barely four screens, but behind the four screens, we, we, we do a complex lot of things, including a lot of security vetting to ensure that we are paying the right uh, people the right money. With that, I would like to hand over to Sahana so that she can talk about key takeaways. Thank you very much. Thanks, Imtiaz. I think what I'll stress upon what are the main challenges we had and how we have come over with it. The first thing is uh, you can imagine the, the complexity of the organization we had, and we had to deliver this very fairly quickly. So we had, Imtiaz said less than six months. It is actually five, around five months. We had to deliver a brand new platform without any existing information. This is a, a specification was created as well, uh, quite new for the whole industry. And we have to make sure that we have to meet deadline. There's a serious consequences of not meeting the regulatory deadline, as many of you already know, working in a financial industry. So that is a, one of the reasons we have selected an AWS, and it was come to be very much useful in terms of infrastructure, our availability on a click of a button. 
right? So that is an, one of the uh, important aspects. Cost, which we have already covered, because it's, it has to be cost effective for a platform which we have no idea whether it is going to be used, adopted, and how it's going to move in next five years' time. And uh, Amazon, obviously, on-demand uh, infrastructure allows us to do it. If you are not using it, it will not be charged, not to that level, but yeah, in a way we can say that. And uh, obviously, that allows us to deliver uh, quite effectively using AWS. And uh, agility is one other thing. You have seen that uh, you are not only UKing, uh, working in uh, UK anymore. Open banking is uh, adopted across the globe. Oh, God, currently, we have got at least five, six program running in, in different regions to deliver open banking under various uh, phases and to make sure that uh, uh, we can reuse the infrastructure and the uh, platform which we build in UK easily in a different region. It doesn't necessarily have to be UK, whether you wanted to do it in US or in Hong Kong or Australia, we can pretty much lift and shift build once, deploy multiple places, and, and, uh, and Amazon Web Services allow, uh, allows us to do that quite easily. That is uh, the agility bit is here. So that's in a nutshell, uh, I think uh, we are pretty successful in delivering open banking in a very short period of time. And uh, it's a tremendous achievement as a partnership working with uh, Amazon Web Services and uh, with uh, HSBC. With that, I'll just Hand over to Adam. Thanks, Ahana. So uh, I hope you enjoyed that short trip through uh, HSBC's open banking implementation. Uh, I think you'd agree it's, um, it, it's a great use case and, and showcase of, uh, of the AWS serverless technologies. Um, so uh, I, I really just want to say thank you to Sahana and uh, Imtiaz for, for coming all this way to, uh, to present to you today. Um, we do have a few minutes left, so if there are any questions, uh, you know, please feel free to, uh, to I think there's a mic actually at the back there if you wanted to just step up to the mic, or you can shout them out. Um, if not, we're, uh, we're available uh, after, the, after the session. We will be around, so please feel free to come up and talk to us. So any questions? No, everyone's shy. Okay. All right, well, in that case, thank you very much for coming to the session. And uh, as I say, please feel free to come up and see us afterwards. Thank you.